welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Now let's have some fun. Yeah. Welcome, friends. It's another episode of the Brian Trust, and it's a very special episode of the Brian Trust today. We have something totally odd now, which is us live in person in front of each other. I know because as we talked about, it's been a few weeks since we were on the air because obviously things were going on, things were happening, and uh, now we are permanently in the same area mm-hmm. of the country, which makes it much easier to do these in person shows. Yes. So, welcome to Hotlanta, Brian. <laughs> Thank you. So nice to be here. Now, get out. No. <laughs> You have overstayed no. your welcome. Get how was, out. How was your move? Wow. Yeah. Good. Was it a good road trip? I mean, I, I loved it. it. Yeah. I did. Just see anything interesting on the way or did Yes. You? Uh yes. So here's what we did. Um we got a late start the first day, so we didn't make it out of California the first day. Yeah. We made it really close to the Arizona border, which was fine. Uh then we made a stop in Gallup, New Mexico. Okay. Okay. Um, that was pretty cool. You know, as we passed through the different states... How many polls did you take while you were there? How many polls? Oh, I took four, <laughs> but that's only, that's only because I, that's how, many, how much room I had in the car. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so uh, Arizona, New Mexico... No, what was they saying? Oh, yeah. as, we passed through, as we passed through the different states, it was actually interesting to see as soon as you cross... Because you've done this trip. Oh, yeah. When you, when you cross over the state line, like... The highway changes, the landscape changes, yep. the speed limit changes, you know. Some places, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was really interesting. We were doing 75, speed limit was 75, and yeah. then all of a sudden we hit like, what are we, it was like New Mexico or something, it dropped down to 70 Yeah, the whole way. Yep. I think the coolest thing that we saw was uh, we had passed through Texas. As soon as we got into Oklahoma, there was a, you know, we were heading east, and there was this fantastic storm to the north of us. Lightning, multiple leg, you know, lightning strikes, right? And then fantastic storm to the to the south of us, and down the middle of the highway, clear, like it was like clear skies, open road, yeah. storm over here, storm over there, and then uh, the sun was setting behind us. So when we when we finally got past the storm, the one from the south was moving in behind us. And in my rearview mirror, I got a fantastic light show of like the sun setting. So you got that orange red mm-hmm. sunset, but then it was like lightning. So it was like really ominous and cool at the same time. It was like just right fantastic. On. Yeah, right it was on. cool. No, we had no incidences. We had no accidents. We Good. had no, no trouble with anything. We made it to Georgia on Sunday, right on schedule. And we spent two nights in a hotel here. Uh, we then um, got our house and uh, moved in on Monday. So we spent our first night on Monday. Um, our stuff isn't going to be here until <laughs> Tuesday. So we so basically we'll be living in the house over a week, camping. Like yeah, that, I remember um, when my family moved to Arizona from Pennsylvania originally when I was a kid. That happened to us too. There was a delay, and we were in the house for almost. I want to say it was at least a week, if not two, yeah. without furniture. There was some furniture that was left in the house when we bought it, but not much. And we were watching. We got this little, like, tiny black and white TV to watch stuff on, yeah, which was hilarious. And I could swear one show, I was like, I know I'm seeing color here. Am I just hallucinating or what's going on? You know? Well, you asked me to bring my own chair today. I did. <laughs> so I, I we, we, we maintain a Spartan lifestyle in this, in this, in, in. In Casa del Poro, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, um, we <laughs> there is no sofa. There's no yeah. I mean, my my giant TV used to be here. You know, yep. Um, I see where it used to go. Maintain, you know, we're maintaining a. Plus, my roommate and I we just spend all our time in our bedrooms anyway, so there's no point. Right. We don't entertain a lot right. anyway. So my point is, we don't have furniture. I brought a third of our yes. furniture with me today. We have a arrow bed and two. We bought these two camping chairs from Costco just so we could have something to sit on. Oh, well, I you appreciate know? that. I respect that. And, <laughs> so I brought a third of our know. furniture with me today. We'll be better in the in this in this studio <laughs> this in in Studio X 
will be better at some point. You've got to come up with a name for your studio. <laughs> yeah, man. it will be at some point. I have a few ideas, but I, All right. I figure out what, which one's actually going to work. The big this reveal. Is, this is a temporary space. So of course. I, I, want, I, want to, I, need a, I need a sturdier table. Sure. So. Yeah. But the move went great. <clears throat> Everything's great. Uh, everything's fine. And now we're just waiting for our stuff. We're waiting to sell our house in California. <gasps> Hasn't sold already? I'm shocked. It's not on the market yet. Oh, so we okay. had it. We had a couple of things we needed to do. Ah, uh, oh, that's we right. Were, yeah, I remember you telling me about that. No. Yeah, the big thing was, you know, we had a railing that we needed to put in. Um, our railing was not up to code. In California, I did not know this, but if you have a railing on the wall, which you should, yes, code safety first. <laughs> yep, it has to go past the the end stairs. Yeah, so the top and the bottom stairs, it has to go. I think it's six that's, inches past. That's the problem something. we have out here is it doesn't do yeah. that here. Yeah. <laughs> and I get to the top and I'm always like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, they brought it up. They said it was a code thing that it's going to be brought up in some, you know, if, if a home inspector comes in and sees sure. that. But, so we got that done. But at the same time, we needed a railing up top that overlooks the stairs. You know, so we have this, uh, we had floors put in and we had the, the railing because of the hardwood floors was a half an inch too low and so right, it wasn't right. sitting level anymore so they cut it out and the plan was always that we were going to replace that thing well we decided to hold off because we didn't really know what design we wanted and plus it's expensive so we had to save up for it um, but we finally found one that we liked and we're glad we waited because those movers really appreciated not having that railing to go over for the stuff in in the upstairs so mm. it, made it, it made it a lot easier to move out of the upstairs down. So uh, one of the things we had to wait for is that railing to be installed. And it was installed on Friday, which is yesterday. And uh, we had the house cleaned, deep clean. We had the carpets cleaned. Um, we had um, uh, the little, you know, the little imperfections uh, that the home inspector found. Sure. They were corrected sure. by a handyman. Like he went in there, he was, he was in there for a day or two and touched up some paint, you know, uh, underneath the house. He nailed up some insulation, you know, stuff like cool. that. Right on. So, uh, yeah. So now we we have this one more thing that needs to be done, uh, and that's not a big deal. And then um, we list the house, we sell it, and that's it. Right on. Right on. Yeah. So we are here. We uh, we are happy to be here. And then you're sitting on Easy Street. <laughs> and we're just coasting on life. <laughs> Nah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, I have to get used to here. It's a very different lifestyle. Yes. It's an adjustment for the better. It's very like the pace of life here, at least where we live is very slow. Uh, people are very friendly. Uh, yeah. sounds very different than in towns. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People don't drive like maniacs. I hope. Oh no, 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 no. There's like, there's no traffic where we are. It's mainly. It's it's like southern. Uh, it's it. It almost feels like a suburb, but I I don't know if they call it a suburb. It's just like it's a county. Country. It's an exurb, basically extreme it's, extreme urban area. Yeah. Like it's the far outlying area. Yeah. The way like um, like Walnut Creek kind of used to be, where it's sort of like way out on the fringes of the metro. I know it's not so much anymore, but sure. Um, you lived you lived in Frisco long. You lived in the Bay Area long enough yeah. to know there was not that much out that way. No, no, no. no. So yeah. when you when you started getting out into like Lafayette, Walnut yeah. Creek, Concord, or like Santa Clarita in L.A., where it's kind of yeah. outside of town, that would be considered an extra. Right, not, even You're far enough county. from the downtown area that you don't really feel the hustle and bustle. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you're but you're close enough that you can go there in 30 minutes. You know, whatever. Yeah. But like here, same thing. It's like. You know, 30 minutes, I was downtown Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but you know what? The, the traffic, I have to say, the traffic was a little it was a little packed, but not nearly as bad as the Bay Area. No, 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 no. And that's, no. And that's one of those things where I was always like, yeah, no, I agree with that. It's interesting. There was um, a friend of mine who lives here posted an article this morning. Atlanta is number two in terms of one of the worst cities to commute in. Really? By car or even by public transit, either way. Like What's it's the just worst? It, LA. Uh, LA. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Still, well, and especially well, mainly by public transit, which is like the average commute time is like fifty-four minutes or something, mm-hmm. which is fair because you're riding the train and you're switching to a bus and you there's still, I mean, it happens. I and mean, I got used to that in LA because I planned for that. Yeah. Um, and anytime you take public transit, you, that's built in. Like to me, it's like fifty. Eh, that's nothing. Yeah. Are you kidding? That's yeah. nothing. No. Um, driving commute, it's about, we're only, we're fourth 
in terms of the uh, DC is the worst for for driving commute. It, oh. But it's yeah, we're at about uh, I think it was thirty minutes, something like that, which mm-hmm. is about what it it takes me about thirty to forty minutes to get to work every day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I drive up. Depends on whether I take the surface roads like I normally do or hop on Fury Road, which is the, the 400 highway. Uh, <laughs> I like to call it. It's just, Fury Road? You basically, yeah. I was like, is that a real road? No, It's incredibly great. rage-inducing. <laughs> um, it's like a drag. I mean, it's like a demolition derby, it feels like, wow. sometimes trying to go to work. Um, I, I, mean, I see. Now, I have to be careful because I still have out-of-state plates on my car. Yeah. Uh, next week. That's So we have, a, we have a list of things. But I have to be careful speed limit because people love... You know, cops love be. pulling over out-of-state plates. True. That is true. I think if you – in most places I've found that if you – as long as you're with the general flow of traffic, mm-hmm. it's not so bad, even if they're speeding. Because I know, like, when I go to work – granted, I have in-state plates in my car by now, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I go to work, I'm regularly – I have regularly gone – well over the speed limit, right? But I'm in a cluster of like everybody around me is doing the same speed. Like I never, I'm not there, and that's the thing. And because Fury Road, because there's always that one D bag who's got us weave in and out of traffic. Yep, almost always in a BMW. Yep, uh, <laughs> some type of sports car. Is it? It's 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 you know it's it's yeah it's a it's a douche and a Beamer, an a hole and an Audi. Um, Douche and a beaver? Psycho and a Porsche. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, and they're all luxury brands usually. They're weaving in and out mm. or whatever, but it's usually the BMW drivers that are the worst. Mm. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't know. What is I think that? it's. that's been like that for a while. I mean, those are cars that are built for high performance on the Autobahn, sort I of suppose. weaving in and out. Sure, but I don't know. But there's a lot of, I find, I see a lot of luxury vehicles on the road mm-hmm. up here, especially, but. BMW has a regional headquarters in Atlanta. Do they? Mercedes-Benz obviously has a huge presence. The stadium is Mercedes-Benz Stadium, so they have a huge presence here. I think it's the American headquarters is in Atlanta. Porsche has a huge presence here. Coca-Cola's here, but they don't drive. Well, Coca-Cola, this is their headquarters. It is, right? Uh, It is. Yeah, this is their global headquarters is here in Atlanta. Um, I think Home Depot's headquartered here. Wow. Um, yeah, there's a lot of company. The company I used to work for, Logistic Care, started here. This is their headquarters as well. Nice. Um, so, I mean, it's 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 a bit of a boom town. Uh, the company my brother works for is their mainly their North American stuff is headquartered here as well. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm so excited. He's going to be in town next week again, Hooray. which is the first time in a while. So, hey, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's nice. Um, but. Even with all that, now that you're settling ish, yeah. <laughs> once all your furniture's here and you have like six weeks to unpack, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but besides that, today, of course, it's May the fourth, mm-hmm. hence the opening that we used this week. Uh, it's Star Wars Day. Woo! May the fourth you be know? with you, and and also with you. <laughs> I guess. Um, I but, always feel like I got like a little bit of a lift when I May the fourth. Yeah, well, you know, it's always one of those things where it's like, I thought about that. I'm like, should I, you know, it's like, should I watch something Star Wars? Should I pop in a Star Wars film today at some point? Or I tried to think about it because obviously I have the movie challenge going on. I'm trying to think, is there anything Star Wars related that I had not seen yet that I can watch? And the answer is no. Mm. I've seen literally every, I think with the exception of maybe there may be a documentary or two floating out there that I have not seen. Right. But basically everything in existence that is Star Wars related, I have seen at some point. Every TV series, every, with the exception of the new one, Resistance. Oh. Star Wars Resistance, which is on Disney. Oh. Because uh, obviously I don't, I don't yeah. have cable. Right. Uh, maybe when Disney Plus premieres, I'll be able to see all of that. There you go. Um, I have seen Rebels. I haven't seen all of Rebels yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the last couple seasons. So and I do want to see that. regretfully, we have seen the holiday special. Far too many times. Ugh. I wish I hadn't. I wish I didn't own three copies of that. But that's just, that's <laughs> I don't even know why I have three. Two's enough. Oh, zero but, is enough. Yeah. Well, it's true. Just um, for the pure comedy of it. Yeah. Well, with the riff tracks commentary, <laughs> that helps a lot. So yeah, I want to see that, that one. Um, but well, if you want to talk about that with the movie challenge, I this is not Star Wars really. I watched The Room yesterday. Oh. For the first time in its entirety, which is oh no. A tro- well, because I was watch, I wanted to watch the Disaster Artist, uh, which came out um, late 2017, early last year, which is about the making of the Room that James the room? Franco directed. Oh, 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 oh. Um, James Franco directed the Disaster Artist. The Room is by this guy named Tommy Wiseau, oh. who um, 
Yeah, I'll come back to that. Though. We're, getting, right, off. We're right. getting off tack. We'll start Star- going back here. Star Wars, because Star obviously Wars. this is kind of, it's becoming kind of a watershed year because episode nine's coming out. Christmas. Wrapping up the, as they've said officially, it's wrapping up the Skywalker saga, all nine episodes, and that's it. Um, and then whatever whatever comes after, they're not sure yet. Because yeah. they said, they've even said they're going to take a break a little bit after, after wow. nine. Because they don't want to do a movie. They realize doing a movie every year is not good for the brand. Sure. Like it is for as which is different than Marvel because Marvel they can still do two or three movies a year and still make it effective because it's all different characters. It's not right. the same people over and over right. again. Although there is a lot of crossover. Well, that but that's okay. But we won't be without Star because they've got um, with Disney Plus they've got the Mandalorian coming, uh, which I saw the um, somebody had. Uh, obviously filmed at Celebration. They filmed the teaser footage for The Mandalorian. Oh. It looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. So I'm really excited for that. Um, Are we getting a Boba Fett movie, too, or is that... Is that no, that idea? that's pretty much... Everybody's pretty sure oh, that's in the, that's been dumped. I was looking forward to a film about um, Boba Fett, man. I still want an Obi-Wan movie with, yes. with Ewan McGregor in the role, because now that he's older, he can yes. do it. Yes. Um, and he's been interested. He said he'd been. He said he'd be interested. So that's kind of like if they get, which of course you know if they get the right script and will offer enough. Right, he's a good man. But um, you know, business. Then it's just business at that point. But just business. No, the Mandalorian looks interesting. Um, I think they've got in resistance. Obviously, is is going on, mm-hmm. and so we're not like without Star Wars stuff. It's right. just. You have to wait. I think the Mandalorian because it's the Disney Plus isn't premiering till like October or November, yep. like much later this year. Yep. Yep. Um, now well, the real question is: Are you going to make it down to Orlando to go to the Hollywood Studios Star Wars Land or or what they're what they're calling it someday when I can afford like the three hundred dollars a day to get in? Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, I want to go at I some point. Too. But I mean, besides the fact I haven't actually been to Disney World in, in a long time, Galaxy's Edge um, is what they're called. Yes. I think there you go. Um, I'm curious. To, I am curious to see it. I think it's already opened at Disneyland. Yeah, um, should be opening soon at Disney World if it hasn't already. Yep. Uh, um, close. They're yeah, close. I think it's next month or yeah. next yeah, month or in, in over the summer or something. Yeah, but, they're letting press in there now. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I yeah I do want to see it. I'm not in a rush. It's not going anywhere anytime it's soon. It's going to so. be super jam packed. That's the other reason. <laughs> given given my own yeah, social but, anxiety, I'm like, oh god, it's Saturday at Dragon Con all over again. Uh, you know. the me, the yeah, me. I feel like yeah. I'm in the compactor. <laughs> like open all the garbage compactors. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, so I got time. I'm not. Yeah, like man. I said, I wait till a lot. I mean, there's not like there's really an off season at Disney World, but you know, wait till it's a little, there is. little lighter there's, traffic. You can look. Know. You can look online, and they have a calendar of uh, a calendar. I remember when I went. I remember when I went like 20 years ago. I had the money, so I bought a vacation package for a week, mm-hmm. and it was. I waited till school was done for the year for me, like college, mm-hmm. and I went between that and Memorial Day. So I hit that Ooh, sweet spot where yeah. it was low traffic. Yeah, I got into like everything with a minimal wait. Nice. Um, there wasn't as much at Disney World at the time. Uh, Animal Kingdom, I think, had just opened or oh, something. Boy, that was a long. I didn't time get ago. to go see it. All right. At the time, they had some of the water parks and like Pleasure Island was still there. And yeah, that's gone. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. some of the, some of the cool stuff. Yeah, before ESPN Zone was like really huge and Ooh, yeah. all that stuff. You know, it was kind of and and it was and it was Disney MGM Studios. It was not mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios at the yep. time. And I remember. And I think I talked about this uh, posting when I saw Mulan years later, but that was they were working on Mulan at the time at that studio, yeah. and so you, you saw them drawing like initial sketches right. and some of the early right. early art animation work that they were doing. Is it still a working studio? I don't know. Um, I don't think so anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it was for a lot of for several years. It was. Um, but now I think they've consolidated pretty much everything in Burbank mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's a fantastic tour too. If you ever get to go to the in California, the, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 you know, the funny thing is, as long even as, as long as I lived in LA for you know four and a half five years, I never did any of the studio tours, and I kind of yeah, regret you're that. Right there, 
Yeah, not not like the not like the Universal Studio, like not like the, that one. That was okay, yeah, yeah. but the actual VIP studio tour where you pay like fifty bucks a head to go. Yeah, um, those are interesting to Very. me. I'm like, I kind of want to do that someday. You yeah. know, it's, you're actually watching them work. Well, there's that. Um, yeah, and then for me, I mean, for me, that, that's not. I mean, I've been on sets before regularly, so it yeah. doesn't bother that part. Doesn't. Sure. But learning the history of the place and really. Yeah. Soaking that in, I do enjoy that. One, I remember years ago, I was on the Sony lot after um, a university like alumni thing was being held there for LA for alumni that were living in LA for the industry, and uh, we did a panel. Stuff was great, and I kind of wandered the lot, not too much, just a little bit in some of the public area, and you could see like the especially the Sony lot is one of the oldest, yeah. the older lots. Like Gone with the Wind was filmed over that way, and mm-hmm. some of that stuff, and you can see all of the the history in that. And I'm like, I that was that. really cool. Yeah, you know? yeah, I love that stuff. Um, I'm hoping to get on some tours here, you know, because they've got the Peachtree City Studios here, and then they also have where's the other one? Um, well, they don't. Um, well, Pinewood's the big Pinewood, Pinewood but that's, that's where all the Marvel stuff films. Yeah, and that's like ten minutes from our house. They man. haven't really. I don't know that they actually have studio tours set up for that stuff. I'm going to get in there somehow. I'm uh, gonna get, either I'm going to work in there, or I'm going to I'm going to get in there somehow. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the dream. Um, me too, frankly. I'd love to. Why not go around there? Um, but I'd love to be working there. Really, I think that it just depends on. Yeah, they don't have studio tours like they do in L.A. Like they're sure. not set up for that. Yep. Um, I think if. You know, let's make sure the industry is going to maintain itself for a while first, and then yes. be, you know let them build up some history, and then be like, okay, right. I mean, there there are companies that do like the Walking Dead, yeah, tours around Atlanta, and there's a self guided version of that you can do too. Yep, um, I learned that uh, the Walking Dead is filmed in Griffin, Griffin, Georgia. primarily, yeah, primarily. They, I, I was uh, I went through there for a job interview, hmm. and um, they had posters up on all the stores saying that they basically want to shut down. The town for filming yeah. that weekend for filming no traffic. Well, yeah, especially no through, no traffic. Yeah, it depends on. It's some of it depends on the time of year. Yeah, um, things like that. Doom Patrol on DC Universe, which I'm watching now, it's fantastic. Mm. Uh, that film's here. Ooh. Um, they're not filming at the moment. I know they're going to do a season two. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to start filming yet. They had just started filming during Dragon Con last year. Right. I um, think Family Feud is filmed here too. Yes, Steve Harvey He's moved big. it moved it here when he yeah. got control of the brand, and they moved it here for his yeah for his studio. Tyler Perry, his studio complex is here down right. south end of town, and yep, all the studios are basically like south of town, pretty much. It's a pretty hotbed yeah. for entertainment, man. And you're living in the middle of it, son. I'm right here. Yeah. Well, what do they say? I mean, I think uh, I was I forget where I heard it from, but it was like if you were, if you wanted to break into like voiceovers, for example. You either had to be in L.A. or Atlanta, and I was like, okay. Well, I Atlanta. Know, I don't know why well, I heard that. The reason the reason why Atlanta is Cartoon Network is based here, yes. so that, that's why. There you go. Um, L.A. Well, it's still L.A. or New York, primarily for everything. Yeah, but there you go. Chicago. There's there's a good voiceover industry in Chicago for sure. commercials and industrials. Right. Uh, Atlanta for animation, kind of because mm-hmm. again, because Cartoon Network is here. Right. Austin is a big city for animation because that's where most of the anime stuff uh, is dubbed yeah. uh, through the companies there, like Austin yeah. and Dallas, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, and most of the guys I know, most of the, the voice actors I know that are closer to our age, like um, like the cast, half the cast of Critical Role started in Texas um, and working with those companies at Funimation and some mm-hmm. of the anime, mm-hmm. dubbing anime mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So And some of the video game companies are based there and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you, you try to... It just depends, really. Uh, these days, it, it makes it better to, um, because everybody can kind of record from home, so that helps if you can if you got the right if you can give yourself the right setup. Oh yeah, to to maximize that, then yeah, there's certainly a possibility. Very inexpensively too. You don't have to spend a fortune. Yeah, if you have a computer and a microphone, that's pretty much all you need. Yeah, but yes, back to the Star Wars stuff. Well, yeah, I'm thinking back to about Star Wars. It, so. <clears throat> Star Wars. And the reason May Fourth is such a big thing is because May the Fourth, you know, that's it's a it's a play on the name, and it started. Um, I wanted to say when did that start? That would that joke kind of started. It was a few years ago, probably around the thirty fifth anniversary, really, of the opening. Yeah, it's been going. It's it's been circulating for a few years. It took that long to come out like that. I mean, I would have thought like nineteen seventy seven. Well, what happened was well, no, what happened was. 
It was because um, no, it might have been in 2007. It might have even been farther back from no, that. It might have been 2007. Well, uh, Star Wars Celebration uh-huh. one year happened to fall on that weekend with oh. the fourth. And so it became a thing. And that that's how it became a thing was because of that one convention. Oh. And then it's become kind of an annual thing to be like, yeah, may the fourth be with you since yeah. then. Um, now, now it would have been probably, yeah, I think it was around 2012, like the 35th anniversary because the internet wasn't really a, th- I mean, social media was not yet a thing in 2007. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of that um, that revolves around the internet. But it's become a big a thing. thing, and and there are, and some of the cosplay, like the 501st Legion and stuff, they'll do cosplay, like uh, Force for Change. They'll do like marathons for oh. charity and stuff, mm, and that's cool. They'll do things like you know they'll do stuff like that where it's like passing the Olympic torch sort of thing. Nice um, in a group, so they'll do, they'll do stuff like that for charity and mm. uh, things like that. So there's a there's a few things that go on on May the fourth. Sadly, this year it's darkened a little bit. Because yeah. of the um, the passing of Peter Mayhew, who mm. was who was the actor who originated physically originated the Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, now uh, starting with Episode Eight, it was fully taken over by. I always hate. I cannot pronounce his name. Jonas Suetomo. I apologize uh, if I mispronounce your name, Jonas. Um, the Swedish actor who's who's about Peter's height and seven, so was able well, to step he was in. Seven foot. F- what? Uh, Peter Mayhew's seven one, I think, and Jonas is actually seven two. Holy moly! It's a little taller, but he was in Force Awakens as well. Like it started with Force Awakens because Peter Mayhew has had developed a condition where he couldn't walk for long yeah. periods and certainly couldn't run around. Yeah, and so in the scenes where Chewbacca was kind of sitting or standing still, it was him, uh-huh. and then for all the action stuff, it was it was Jonas. Sure. And then for uh, and then when it came around to solo and and uh, episode eight, it's it's him doing yeah. doing the whole thing, doing the whole thing, uh, taking that over. I mean, now obviously, yeah, uh, because Kenny Baker passed away some years ago, and Kenny or no, Fisher. he was was that after Force Awakens? It was not that long ago. It was a few mm. years ago. R two D two, yeah. Um, uh, but they mostly that's all digital now, pretty much not animated, but they can control it like a robot thanks to. Right. BB-8 and that technology, they mm-hmm. can kind of just control it. However, and of course, Carrie Fisher right. passed away, so yeah. it's kind of people are dropping off a little bit. I think. Um, yeah. Sad. It's it's unfortunate. I remember I met Peter Mayhew once Did briefly. Uh, yeah, it was Phoenix Comic Con. I want to say two thousand nine. Whoa. Um. Yeah, it was either two thousand eight or two thousand nine. It was before. Con, that con, that particular con got really big. Yeah, it was it was not held in, in downtown Phoenix. It was held in downtown Mesa, which is kind of like the way Fayetteville. It's a smaller portion of the city. Yes, um, and that convention center is very small. I met Will Wheaton that year as well, Will and Jeremy Brett, who played Boba Fett Ooh. Um, originally. And I bought his book, and yeah, yeah, I think it's on. I don't know if it's on the shelf here or somewhere. Um, no, yeah, it's down there. It's in a slip cover, but I got an autograph. I got an autographed copy of nice. his. Big hardcover, like yeah, I wanted to read. And he and I had a much longer conversation. That's fantastic because uh, his table wasn't as busy at the time. Everybody's mm-hmm. lined up to see Peter around the corner, but right. I, I did meet him briefly. Really nice guy. Um, sure, of course. You know, <laughs> just, you know, one of those like, I wonder if he ever had to work again at that point. You know, yeah. but he was in a bunch of things. Um, he was in some of the Hammer horror stuff as Frankenstein's monster. Oh. Um, with with Peter Cushing and Christopher mm-hmm. Lee back in like the late in the early seventies, I think before mm-hmm. obviously before Star Wars, um, it was him. No, that might have been. Yeah, I thought that was him. I could be wrong about that. It could be David Prowse, who's also very tall, who was the physical body of Darth Vader ah. in the original trilogy. So, right. Um, in fact, I'm probably wrong. I think that it was David. Prowse. I don't know. Peter Mayhew did a some stuff. I don't know how much he did. I mean, that was. Mm. I mean, he. was... I feel like I want to say he was Andy Circus before Andy Circus was a thing. You oh, know, right? Um, I don't know if that's true. Obviously, yeah. I don't think that's true. But uh, the internet says it. Well, yeah, there you go. The internet but, never lies. But primarily, I think he because I think he did some. Uh, I want to say. Let me see here. Let's see what IMDb says because they're never wrong. Nope, always. Um, let's see. Going back. Prior to Star Wars, just to see, you know, Star Wars Episode Four was like his first movie. Oh, yeah, and he did a few things outside of, but it's pretty much everything is like Star Wars related. 
for the most part. And there's one, there was a TV series, I think a British series called Dark Towers that he was in, looks like. Yeah, that was that's a British series. Because um, it's British, you know. But, uh, <laughs> and then, but yeah, pretty much everything everything he's known for and everything he did was Star Wars related, so. Why not? That's a good career. Oh, yeah, no, no. And, and did some voiceover stuff. But I think, I believe he actually provided the voice for Chewbacca as well. Really? Or the roar. And the, yeah, really? I think so. Mm. Again, I hope I'm right. <laughs> I feel really weird if I'm not. Oh, man. Um, was this mo- miscellaneous crew? Oh, yeah. So he was involved with episode eight. He just wasn't. He was, he's a, he was listed as a Chewbacca consultant, ah. um, which makes sense. He's probably helping with the, the character and, and Jonas and getting that down. That'd be an interesting business card. Yeah, professional Chewbacca consultant. <laughs> professional Chewbacca consultant. That's great. No. Yeah. Prior to, I mean, IMDb trivia, prior to being in. Star Wars, he was an orderly at London's King College Hospital. Really? Yeah. How about that? Just interesting. So he, that kind of, yeah, I don't know. It gives me hope. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, it was. Well, we'll miss him. Oh, he had a choice. He did? Yeah, he and David Prowse got a choice between playing Darth Vader or Chewbacca. Oh. So may he ple- wanted to be a hero, so he chose Chewbacca, and Prowse wanted to be a villain, so he chose Vader. So oh, that's, there you go. That's interesting. I like that. That's that's kind of, yeah, I like that. That's kind There's of cool. got to be a documentary or something about all of this behind-the-scenes stuff. There's you know? probably some stuff somewhere, but I don't think it's um, right, cause that's too that's much. fascinating. You know, a lot of this stuff is very fascinating. Sometimes, yeah. I think it's uh, it it depends. To me, it's always like how much. Well, because how much do they want to reveal, and how much of that is. Sometimes you want to respect an actor's privacy. Like Anthony Hopkins is famously like a really private person. Like sure. not everybody knows a ton about his private life because yeah. he keeps it separate. And, yeah. Like I know, I remember seeing an interview with him somewhere and or listening to one and he talks about the fact like most of his friends are not in the industry oh. like most of his close friends yeah so he has dinner parties a lot but but he all of his none of his friends are in the industry so he doesn't get stuck talking shop with people all the oh, time right that would happen um, I mean I'm sure he's friends with other actors and things too but uh, especially after this time as long as he's been in the business right but but he's he's one of those guys like work is like it's a job yeah so most of his friends are outside, away from his job you know yeah. separate from that so yeah I yeah. think that that's it's a healthy attitude to have. You know, it's, so. it's it's a job, and when the job's done, you just lay it down and move on. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so you know, R.I.P. Peter Mayhew. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll see some dedication to him in episode nine when that comes out at Christmas. Yeah. Um, first teaser dropped. Yes. As well, while we we're on while we we're on break. Yes. For episode nine. Speaking yes. of that, um, I assume you saw it. <laughs> At least once. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. It was interesting. I don't know what to make of it yet. The beginning with Ray and the and the uh, and presumably Kylo Ren's fighter. They don't really say right. with the backflip. I'm pretty sure that's a dream sequence. Mm. But I don't know because that would be very in keeping with what the stuff that happened in Episode Eight as well. So right. I, maybe not. If it's if it's actually in the movie, that'd be fantastic. Either yeah. way, even dream sequence or no, I thought it was right. cool. Um, I feel like I'm going to have to rewatch eight right before nine. I think so. Well, just to get a little refresher. Well, and here's the thing: I'd be curious to see what J.J. Abrams is going to correct, oh, yeah. and what he's going to leave standing. Like, how much of this is going to be a course correction? Right. But here's the thing: I don't know how much of a course correction it's actually going to be because if it was a huge issue. They would never have let Ryan Johnson make all those changes the way they did. Mm. Like it still had to be okay with, with the folks at Luke, like Kathleen Kennedy and the people in the story committee at Lucasfilm. Yeah, like they had to approve it all. So if they're okay with it, I'm okay with it. You know, yeah. they would they never would have let the movie be released if it was that bad. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people on the internet have issues with Episode Eight. It's not it's not a perfect film. I'll even I'll even cop that 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 scene in the middle on Canto Bite was. Pointless. Was that the all the casino stuff? Yeah, the, all the casino stuff just yeah, felt was, really pointless. Um, I like filler. Yeah, they 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 really felt like they were kind of padding the movie, and some of the some of the premise stuff, the the structure of the movie was a little weak in terms of like the chase and the 
like shooting it in the back. Like that was weird. Yeah. But it was, you know, for the, for what it, I'm the, and I think about it, I'm like, well, that's what every Star Wars movie has been. There's always something weird that we're like, well, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, it's because it's not about the technology. It's about the people. And that's the right. whole point. People miss right. this a lot. Right. Um, I mean, like I have my own script right now that I'm writing the radio drama script that I'm doing for, for artsy. Yeah. And I've gotten some feedback from folks. Most people liked it. You know, there's some parts that I even admit need tightening up and a bit of a rewrite here and there, but it's like, they're like, you have to start with this action piece. I'm like, well, no, that doesn't make sense. You need to build to that. Right. You watch any movie. The first like 20 minutes is building to that first moment. You know, it's like, where does your story start? It's here. I'm like, well, no, you're, you're starting 20 minutes later. And that that makes absolutely no sense. Right. Like you could reveal it this way through flashbacks. I'm like, no, no, I will, I will will smack you upside the head. If you make me use flashbacks, like I'm not putting a flashback in my script. Beat you silly. No, look, but look at episode four. I mean, that opened with an action sequence. It did. Right. And that worked for that story. But it was a long, like, but here's the thing is it was a long entry. That was not the beginning of that story. Correct. That first sequence is not the beginning. The introduction of Luke is the beginning, the true beginning of that story. Right. That's like prelude to what's actually right. coming. That was pretty cool. And I could put it, and that's the thing, like I could put an action sequence at the beginning of the script as a prelude to fit into what's at the end. Sure. But you don't need it. No. It's pointless. Like it's kind of but some okay. of the, some of the dialogue just needs it. There's a little bit. Of, it goes on. Yeah. There's a couple scenes that go on a bit stuff, long. Some but. of the best stuff is out of the box, man. You know, like on the outside where it's you don't expect it. You're like, whoa, right? No, no, worked. and and some of it comes from a place where and, and like I, I I respect the source, and that's why you know some of the feedback makes sense. Yeah. And this is a point to all writers everywhere. It's 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 a challenge to know as or an actor or anybody who gets constructive feedback on a creative project. Yeah. Uh, the biggest, one of the best skills you can learn is what feedback to take and what feedback to reject. Yes. You don't have to do it vocally in front of them, but you know, no. take that in, think about uh-huh. it and see yeah. what's going to work for your story. Exactly. And, and choose and just say like, and then later on be like, your feedback makes sense. Yeah. It's logical. However, I'm not taking that note because of this. Right. Well, it, and, it, and if you, it changes too much of the rest of the exactly. story and it doesn't make sense. It, 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 it removes and the choice is a lot of the things that he was suggesting suck all of the, the character relationships are gone. Oh. It's hard to establish that stuff ahead of time right. in this particular story. So right. I was like, well, I, I need this scene. For, I need at least one scene for this. I don't need like five. Like I had three or four. I think I had too many scenes and that's fair. I can pluck a couple out. Right. But like I need to establish these three kind of main characters and their relationship. Right. And then we can go because that's the important thing because that's that's how you find the motivation for what they're doing, what their actions exactly. come later. Exactly. Otherwise it just makes no sense. Like, why are they doing this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Back to feedback though. You know, what helps me with feedback is when I, when I know that the feedback is coming from good intentions. Oh yeah. No, no. You know? And that's, and that, and that kind of, that kind of lessens the pain. Even sometimes it's hard to hear. Sometimes it's, Oh yeah. You know, and yeah. then of course then you're like, okay, well their intention was good. Uh, and then that's when you make the, well, and I know it from the standpoint, like as a yeah. writer, like writing's not my forte. Right. Um, and that's okay. Right. Like, I'm okay with it. I know the story's solid because I've been refining it for like 20 plus years. There you go. Um, the story itself is solid. It's the detail work around it to yes. make the story really play out correctly. Right. That's right. the part that I'm working on. And yeah. Yeah. And you'll get there. You'll definitely get there. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm obviously not in a rush. Um, well, 20 years. Know. So slow down, man. Yeah. You know, it's. <laughs> Well, obviously, I'm not in a rush because, I mean, it's been 20 years since I got my first professional, you know, 20 years as a professional actor, too. And I'm, yeah. like, nowhere, relatively speaking, compared well, to other people. you're in a good place, though, you know. Well. I would say. Yeah, you, know. you get some auditions under your belt. Why not? Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I think it's uh, it's relative. It's, some of it depends. I think I, I've i been thinking about this now because I've been in Atlanta for, like, a year. and How do you like it? Um. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I don't get out much because I can't afford to go anywhere. Sure. Um, I think that for me, it's 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 a hurdle. There's it's a mindset hurdle that I kind of have to get yeah. over to get active again the way I used to be. Sure. Uh, like living in LA, like I struggled like this, but I was happier um, living in LA yeah. um, back at the time. My my intervening years in Phoenix, I think, kind of 
created sort of that golden handcuff situation. I had a job. I was making a decent amount of money, but I didn't have time to, or energy right. to do anything else. And it's right. kind of killing my soul. And I'm just like, yeah. ugh. Right. Um, and then you have a lifestyle that that job supports. Yes. That made mm-hmm. podcasting handy. It made right. some other things I was working on. Right. I mean, I could do audiobooks kind of, but then yeah. things blew up at work. And I just, you know, I, it was, you know, a year and a half went by and I'm just like, what the hell? It happens. Um, so it becomes one of those things you have to consider. And I swear I was going to talk about this a little bit because it, I didn't mean to pick it up today, but that's okay. Since well, next right. week we've got, we got a special next week and you know, cause I think about it coming up on my birthday and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it's been 20 years since I got my professional acting, get my first paying gig as an actor. I've been an actor yeah. off and on since I was like four. Wow. Um, it mostly community, you know, church and school plays sure. and theater and things like that. But right. that's, this was, I had made a choice and be like, I'm going to pursue acting as a career. This is what I want. This is what I'm happiest on. Mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I, I mean, I have anxiety and depression issues. You know, I, I'm not going to deny. I've never been officially diagnosed, but duh. Mm. Um, and really, the only time I find true release and happiness is on stage or I'm on set or you know, that kind of thing, being involved in the creative process of something right. is much more fulfilling to me. Right. That brings you energy. That yeah, you. it does. I, yeah. I find I come home from rehearsal at the theater company I'm involved with right now, um, on Wednesday nights. And sometimes we run late and I have a hard time getting to sleep, mm-hmm. which sucks because it's the middle of the week and I got to get up early for work the next day. And I was right. like, uh. but that used to be the case when I was, um, a musician for a lot of years. Um, we would rehearse on Sunday nights and I would get home late still have to get up at like 5am to go to work. And it's like, I can't get to sleep till past midnight. Cause my brain is like going a hundred miles because I'm wired. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Right. Cause it, it's very, yeah, it's very fulfilling to me to do that. Yeah. Um, so my first paying gig, I, I was living in Wyoming at the time. This was not, it wasn't something I expected to do there. I was basically living in Wyoming. My family, I had family there and I was kind of putting my finances in order and saving up money to move to Los Angeles, which sure. was my goal at the yep. time. Yep. Um, and I was working at like a call center. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, you know, but I landed, uh, an audition f- or I, I found an audition in a local paper for this thing. It was, uh, so I went and auditioned. I had to sing, which was weird to me. What'd you sing? Um, <laughs> no, I don't remember exactly. I, I was kind of, cause I, I've always thought of myself as not being a singer. Mm. I can sing. Can you? Yes, I actually can. And I, I have a pretty decent voice for it, but I've never, I've never professionally trained beyond call it my, my couple years as a music major, mm. uh, vocally, like I've never had professional vocal training for that stuff. And it's mm. not something I really wanted to pursue. Sure. I respect the art form, but it's not for me. So I might do more of that in terms of enhancing voiceover work and things like that. Cause sure. I found, especially doing the library shows, mm. having to end up playing parts in the musical I was directing specifically. So I wouldn't have to play parts in it, right. uh, but I was singing a lot uh, for those shows. Right. And one of them, I was singing in character very heavily cause I was playing a monster. So you had to get down your voice and you got to sing and you know, singing in characters right. is a huge challenge as, as a voice artist, you know, to be, mm-hmm. you see guys like, Rob Paulson and and Tress McNeil and uh, those guys from Animaniacs and stuff, and they can sing a character like it's nothing. Oh yeah, and it drives me crazy. I'm like, oh my god, they're so good at it. Oh, you know, that's just hard now. That's a they can, yeah. That's a skill. It's amazing. Well, because they were musicians by training first, right, right. before they got into voiceover. Mm. Uh, so it's easier for them to make that transition. And as I think, but they've also been doing it for thirty plus years. So you sure. know, it's like sure, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's, I think about that now, and it's like, well, that's an extra tool in the box if I can yeah. perfect that and, and yes. move on to that. Yes. Um, but I find that so, – so I got cast, which was great. Uh, it, this was at the Wyoming Territorial Prison and Old West Theme Park. I see. In Laramie, Wyoming, which is now at this point um, – it's not in the same form. It's now a division of the State Department of Parks Department. Uh-huh. And um, – I don't know how they built up the. They've kind of built up the frontier town. It was basically kind of like they had like a little frontier town. With half the buildings were false fronts, but there were some actual like a saloon and there was a mercantile and right. in a jail. Um, 
Whenever kind of I see thing. false fronts, I always think of blazing saddles. Well, and that's that's what it felt like half the why. time because half the buildings were false. It was so much fun for us. Um, we need to build a fake so, rock ridge. But they had so there were a number of different things here. There was the territorial prison, obviously not a real prison anymore. Right. But it was at the time it was one of only two prisons that Butch Cassidy ever did time in. Um, and so that's that's why it was kept as like a historical. Yeah. Uh, aspect and things like that. The, there's a state prison that was down the road, uh, down the interstate a ways um, mm. in another town. Mm. They kind of replaced that eventually. But there, we were also home to the Museum for the U.S. Marshal Service. Oh, yeah. In this tiny postage stamp of a, of a tourist spot. Right. Um, we had, and we had this frontier town that they had built up for daily activities. And mm. so... There were a group of guys and girls and stuff. We all got the guys were all marshals in the town and stuff, cool. and we did gunfights every day and um, did jailbreaks for the kids. So one of us would get in the, the striped suit and uh. go hiding. Basically, it was hide and seek kind of thing. Um, and then, we, like we did puppet shows for for the kids oh, and stuff, and that was fun. And um, and then at night we, they had the horse barn dinner theater, which is actually oh. still operating in Laramie year round. Um, and they did. They usually stage musicals, and that they serve dinner, and they yeah. do a live show. Yeah. And so that summer, the first show we were in, and then the second show we provided crew mm. for a, a more professional production that was coming in. Right. Um, so, but the first show was called the Pecos Pest. Pecos Pest. It's a western, like melodrama farce musical. Which I'm just like, all right. Um, I originally got cast as. Uh, I'm trying to remember the, the character's name, but the Indian, Ooh. the token token Indian, and it was oh white man, you know, it was very yeah. generic. Like the yeah. the the dialogue is very comically yeah. that you know yeah. that cliche sort of f troop Indian sort of thing. F troop. Um, but then there was another character named Poco Loco, mm-hmm. who's more like Mungo from Burlesque Saddles. Mm-hmm. Like doesn't really speak much, but it's like you know. Yeah. And so the funny thing was the guy that they had cast as Poco Loco was slimmer and smaller than I was. Oh. So we ended up after the first week he wasn't available. So when we did the table read, I read both parts ah. and the director's like, I think I want you for this other thing. I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about it. I was just like, all right. Yeah. Well, and there, and, and spoiler, I'm going to spoil the end of this thing, but it's still fun, which is Poco Loco and this Indian guy are not actually who they appear to be. <gasps> they are rogue French Canadian. They're fugitive French Canadian loggers. What? Who <laughs> I did not see that? Coming. They did something. They were on the run from Canada, oh. basically. And so I had I had one line in the entire play, and it was in French. But at the time, I could you know it was my French was relatively flawless in terms of at least relatively it was flawless compared to everybody else. Okay. And so when we did the when we did the table read, he was like, because <laughs> yeah. he didn't he didn't expect it from me. <laughs> That's great. Sacre bleu, je suis dans la merde maintenant. Like I can still right. remember it. 20 years later, which is, holy crap, we're in the end now, you know, it was, <laughs> we're in the merit, you know, merit yeah. is French for, <laughs> so, and then the India, the, uh, he has, you know, I'll just call him Tonto just because I can't remember the actual character's name mm. off the top of my head, but he has a line as well. And then we go running off and then we come back later in disguise and I had like a tutu on and a, they, it was, it was absolutely, but most of the show I'm doing it like this really obvious false mustache right. and like a Greg Brady wig. With like this weird curly hair, but I still had my beard during the day, so I shaved that and kept the beard. So I looked like I looked like Neapolitan ice cream because there were three different colors. Because the mustache was like red, like an auburn red, and the hair was dark jet black. And then my my hair because in the summertime my hair gets lighter, so the beard was like very blonde. Mm. So it looked super weird throughout the day. So it was it was very funny. Is there a video of this somewhere? I hope not. Uh-huh. Um, we'll find I no. It was it was a fun experience overall. There were days when it was super stressful and yeah. some of that because when you get a group of actors together, um, you get a few that think they're God's gift to everything. Yeah. You know, well, and, and half the cast was basically like my age. We were about 25, 26, 27, yeah. where we knew it was a job. Like for us, we were doing a, a serious job. Coming in, we're working. Yeah. We're there. We're focused every day. Yeah. Um, one of the guys I met, Mike, I, no, I, I'm blanking on his last name because it's been forever, but he was a musician, like a music teacher most of the year for, and he was finishing up his education degree. So he could go teach. 
Um, and he was the musician of the group, like played played guitar a lot. So he'd be sitting around strumming and stuff. So we'd sit in the saloon when there was low days of no traffic, like people weren't, there was no foot traffic in town and just hanging out and like he and I would jam occasionally and sing and just talk. And so like, we got along really great. And, um, most of, and there, so there were, there were a few of us there and then there was the younger cast. It was like 18. Oh, Fresh out of fresh into the theater program at the University of Wyoming, there. Yep, which is a good program, but uh, uh, tends to turn out a lot of divas. Uh, uh, so it was. They just thought they were. Now, to be fair, the one guy who was sort of the alpha of that group really was. I mean, he was a good actor. I'm not going to fault him for his skill. He was a good actor, but he's a big fish in a very small pond. Yeah. So, um, and it. I don't know if he's actually still acting today. I don't think so. Mm. Um, but because I, I saw him in a production, and um, it wasn't true why this was Sam Shepard play, and I know I'm I'm blanking on it. Uh, but he was it was really good. Like I went to see it separate from the show, separate from what we were doing. I went to see him in a production. It was really great. And mm-hmm. I'm like damn man, I hate him so much. But he's <laughs> he's got a couple of people fired. You know, he's sort of like yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and they didn't want to do some of the work sometimes. And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a little frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in charge beside that. I was like safety coordinator on the firearms. Um, but I was coming off a different incident, which I can, I'll talk about later in the year because it's the anniversary of that as well. <laughs> so I see. that's a whole separate thing. So I got very specific about handling firearms Ooh. and making sure they were loaded properly and cleaned properly every day. So I did that. Nice. Every night, I would clean, I would stay and clean the firearm, make sure everything was spick, spick and span. Yep. Because I knew how, because my uncle dealt with black powder pistols and stuff. Like he knew, so I, I learned with somebody who actually, I learned with an expert. So I'm like, right. I know how to I know how to handle these. It doesn't take much to dirty up a gun. That's no, for sure. no, it does not. Um, so, so I would do that in the summertime, and, and it got you know it gets warm. It actually does get warm in Wyoming in the summertime. It gets in the 90s pretty decently and you're up at like 7,000 feet and there's not a lot of cloud cover because you're out in the open plains. Right. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it had some, there were some days where it was just like, you know, then the heat gets to you sometimes because you're fully dressed and you're just right. like, um, and we would do the dinner theater at night, like four, four or five nights a week as well. So it was, there were a lot of weeks we were working 16 hour days mm. pretty regularly and at, at, for like 200 bucks a week. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was not a lot even back then. And this is again twenty years ago. No. But in Wyoming and Laramie at that time, I could save money. I had an apartment of my own. I could yep. pay for everything and I was saving money yeah. and it was not really a problem. Like it was a very livable wage. Yeah. Even without and then I got some extra when we did the crew on the um on the second show because I was working light the light boards and stuff. So I got an additional extra for performance and then a couple shows after that before the yeah. year was out. That's fun. Um but yeah, two hundred two hundred bucks. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't exorbitant, mm-hmm. but it was enough mm-hmm. to live on. Again, in that town where you know I wasn't using a lot of gas because the town's not that big to drive from one end to the other. Sure. Uh, Winter time was interesting, but mm-hmm. <laughs> in Laramie in general. But we did get that freak snowstorm. I remember. I remember ninety nine because that's when Phantom Menace came out, mm-hmm. and I went with a couple of other people from from the cast. We went to go see it, and then I went and saw it again and took notes. Mm. For not for episode one, for episodes two and three, I'm like mm. these are the story beats they have to hit, and except for one thing, I was, I was like 95 percent right on every single thing cool. that I wrote down, with one exception, which was who who killed Anakin's mom. Uh, I was wrong about that. I was sure it was going to because I was thinking Boba Fett, and I didn't think about well, yeah, Boba Fett was probably a kid at some point too, yeah, yeah. like how they presented Django and stuff. Like I was hoping it would be that, but no. Yeah. Um, so sand people, I, I miss, I didn't call that, but mm-hmm. that was otherwise pretty much everything almost mm-hmm. beat for beat. The lava, th- the lava fight, all of that stuff. Like I wow. was like, this needs to happen. This and this and this. And, yeah. Um, so it was, and the lava stuff wasn't even canon before mm-hmm. that movie came out. Like it was, I remember reading somebody wrote a short story, um, from Obi-Wan's point of view. And it took place in like a cave somewhere. Like it wasn't oh. like a factory like that. Right. Um, and he, but yeah, but but Anakin fell in the lava pit and and whatever remained became Darth Vader, and yeah. so it was like the fact it was so close to that. I'm like, oh my god! Wow! I just wrote that as a random, you know, like I remember that story and it stuck with me. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that was, um, and I remember that because I went the second time I went to see it on the Fourth of July. I came out and it was snowing. Oh. 
in Wyoming what? on the 4th of July. Yeah, it was a good dusting of snow. It didn't last very long. Sure. Uh, it, it eventually freaky. melted, but it was it was it was fine. We, normally, what would happen in the summertime, because similar to Phoenix and monsoon season or what have you, it was like it would be it would be perfectly fine up until about twelve thirty or one o'clock, and you could see the storm clouds building up over the Rockies, mm-hmm. and eventually they would come boiling over. And usually within like a half an hour, it would be pouring down rain. Oh. For some reason, it got so it got cold enough. For that, in the, within the cloud cover, not at the surface level, but in the cloud cover, that it snowed, and they had a baseball game going on at yeah. at the park, <laughs> vintage like vintage eighteen nineties yeah. baseball attire and everything, which was very weird. But yeah, so they had a game going at the time. They played in the snow. It was just like, but I had I was in my shorts. <laughs> I was in shorts and a t shirt when I went to the movie. I come out and like, oh my god, it's what the hell? <laughs> you know, it's actually cold. It was warmer in the theater. Uh, and they had had the AC on, you know, it was like, I had to scrape the snow off my car with my credit card. Cause I just, I just didn't have anything. Yeah. I didn't have a scraper in my car. Sure. Uh, I, I had a scraper. It just wasn't in my car cause it was summertime. Why would I need it? Right. You know, so stuff like that. <laughs> it was, and the, and the guy who hired me and I still thank him, Malward, uh, Mal Simpson, Millward Simpson, Mal Simpson, I call him as some, some people call him. He, um, he runs the state parks department or he did. I don't know if he still does mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but his family is like the Kennedys of Wyoming. Like they're very oh, powerful. Wow. His 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 uncle was at Senator Alan Simpson. Oh, his grandfather had been governor of Wyoming, and things. Okay. so they're very politically powerful. He and his sister were the artists, kind of in the family. Very into Zappa, mm-hmm. uh, which was fun to me because I'd, I'd never really heard a lot of Zappa. Right. So he played some of that for me, and we hung out a bit. And yeah, <laughs> was, I have a good friend of mine named Richard. He's a he's a huge Zappa fan. Yeah, but and I. I remember they came up for, and then they brought a, a troop of troop of folks up for, or at least the lead actor of this uh, play, always Patsy Klein, which had been running in Denver for several years. And mm-hmm. so they brought her cause she was a friend of his. So they brought her up to do the second show. So they staged always Patsy Klein at the theater with a, a set of musicians yeah. on stage. So they have a live band on stage. It's yeah. kind of like a concert play sort of. Sure. Um, and that was a lot of fun. But again, I was just running lights. So I just was sitting in the back and, you could throw on the follow spot and do sorts of all sorts of weird stuff. You know, it was um, Patsy Klein, didn't she sing crazy? Yes. Among other things, walking after midnight and crazy. And yeah, uh, there were a few, yeah, there was a bunch of her hits and, and a couple hymns as well. I think that uh, she did sure. it in the play. It's a very good story. Sure. Um, so if you ever get to see a production of it, I highly recommend it. Um, it was a really cool, it was a really cool show. I still have the CD somewhere, I think, uh, for that. Um, that autographed by her because right. she had, she cut a, like a cast album from Denver and right. she autographed me. I was the sixth because the band is called the Bobs, ah. so it was like Joe Bob and Billy Bob and ben, so I was Bick Bob because I was running the lights. So oh. I, was, <laughs> I was the lighter <laughs> in the back, so we just, we just did that for fun. I just That's became fun. like the sixth Bob. Um, yeah, and today it's still and I tell it like it's still the best acting job I've ever had to date. Yeah. And I mean I've been. I've been background on like network shows and I've done, you know, some decent, I've had leads in short films and they like, that is still to date. It, nothing has topped that yet. Yeah. Overall. Like I said, there were some low points, but it was overall, it was still one of the best experiences I ever had. And, There's nothing like that around here. Um, God, I hope not. It's, <laughs> it's, if it is, it's kind of for the younger gang. I think sure. it's, um, yeah, but still, yeah, I mean, there's. I don't know about here in Georgia specifically. I haven't really looked. Mm. I mean, there's plenty of theaters around here and stuff. I don't know. I mean, artsy kind of takes up some of my spare time. And again, trying to do the voiceover stuff is eating up right. what little time I have during the day right. outside of work. So I don't know yet. I mean, I've thought about doing some theater. I kind of... Some of it is I just can't afford to spare the time. Oh. I need the money. I need, you know, I need to... I need to get paid. Yeah. Um, so that's something, you know, it, it just takes some work. It's kind of figure, figure some of that stuff out and find a balance. And you're just all lit up when you talk about it. It's like, well, I do. And yeah. it was, because it, again, it was a very fun experience. I don't know that I'd want to work as a, it, it was, it was the equivalent of being like a character, character work at Disney. Yes. Kind of thing. Right. Um, I don't know that I'd want to do that now. Again, I'm 20 years older. I, physically, I'm not. I'm actually not in the same condition I was then, even though I'm still fat. Right. Um, oh, come on. I, 
<laughs> I was, but I was still physically like I still yeah. I was I was probably I mean I was I was quite a bit lighter than I am now for sure. Um, but even then I was still overly heavy for for my for my age and my height. Mm. Um, but I ran around a lot better. Poverty and starvation will do that to you. So mm. it was. <laughs> <laughs> living on the cheap, you know, it was, uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a solid experience and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't. And mm. so people, people sometimes, certain people love you, mom, question why I do what I do. And <laughs> you know, Mother's day is coming up. We have those conversations occasionally. I, I, well, I, unfortunately, I can't afford to go back up to Nashville like because I, I, I was just there for oh, Easter yeah. Yeah. to meet my, my stepbrother and his wife, yeah. who I'd never met before sure. uh, from England. Uh, so What is that, about a four-hour drive? How, how to England? No, it's a little bit further than that. No, Nashville, yeah, Nashville is about a four, four-and-a-half, five-hour drive yeah. from, from here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, from, your, from your place, it would be a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At about tag about an hour onto that at least. Take about an hour and yeah, um, get through the traffic of Atlanta. It basically, but um, yeah, it's about that. And then, uh, and then Indianapolis is another like two or three hours beyond that. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. three or four maybe. Sure. Um, but someday Gen Con is on my list of places to go. I want to go. Uh, I want to go to Gen Con someday because it's a gaming convention. I really like yes. to be there. But um, that's okay. I. As an actor, I think about some of these things. I I'm starting to get more into directing as I get older, but some of that's because I still enjoy acting for sure. But I find I I can communicate with people well enough to say get the right performances out of them to yeah. just be like, and I've I've gotten compliments from that from from sure. from actors because it's yeah. always good when a director has been an actor so they understand yeah. Yeah. how to actually say this is what I want from you. Exactly. Can you give this to me? Right. Um, I don't know if there's anything on the internet about this, but when I used to go to South by Southwest, um, Jeffrey Tambor used to have... A right, two, you mentioned that. Yeah, he used yeah. to have a two-hour... I don't think it's going to happen anymore, but... <laughs> no, well, I don't know. Um, given his given his uh, scandals and th- because of the whole... Oh. Yeah, he, he was one of those caught up in the Me Too <gasps> sort of stuff. Was he? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's why, like, Transparent came to an end. And, oh, my goodness. Like, they were talking about writing off Arrested Development for a while. Wow. There was some stuff, yeah. Okay. It was, there was I didn't some know stuff. any of that. He's yeah. a nice guy. I, we met him several times. He's a very nice well, guy. Well, and, and well, Henry, Winkler, Henry Winkler talked about that because I think he's done it a couple of times, too. And he even said it was like... Yeah, you know, like you're teaching an acting class. I expect like 30 people to show up, and like 1,500 people are in the audience. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, how it do you teach cool. that? But it was really cool how he took two real actors yeah. from his school and invited them to go up on stage, and then he and then they they memorized the scene. Yeah, and then he basically walked through the direction of like, you know, he he let him go in cold, like do your thing, and then he would be like, mm, okay. Yeah, you know, that's and then, it, but 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 the way that he would talk with them and get and and get them to change up their their acting yeah, style, making adjustments, yeah, making that's, adjustments, as we call it, right, yeah. was just amazing. Yeah, it's it's really, and that's the thing is like the 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 best directors I've had have traditionally have been actors previously, and, right. st- and some still actively act. It's just right. in that moment they're they're directing because, and that's the thing because they talk to you the way they would want to be communicated with as right. well. If you look at um, like Star Trek, going kind of the world of Star Trek, like Jonathan Frakes became one of the most regular directors in that rotation, yeah. and he was well, he was the first one of the cast to go and direct, yeah. and then he ended up directing a couple of the feature films because he was like that good yeah. and yeah. and just that solid of, of, of an actor and a director kind right. of thing. And, and then Lavar Burton was directing as well, and Gates yeah. McFadden even directed a couple episodes and. Yeah. A lot of these people have directed, and Jonathan Briggs pretty much just directs nowadays. Yeah. Like he's kind of given up; he's kind of put acting to the side. I see he still pops up occasionally and yeah, stuff, but yeah. it was very interesting um, to watch him like kind of go over the top with them. Yeah, like over the top so much that it was ridiculous. Like 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 the scene just didn't match what they were doing. Oh yeah, no, no, and, and they do that purposefully mm-hmm. to get you out of your comfort zone. Oh yeah, crazy. And then when you dial it back, it's actually the way it's supposed to be. But it's now this genuine, and this is and this is one of the things I've, I've I've learned as an actor. I I still working on applying it to my work, but the idea that you can never, for a director, 
a, a director will always tell you if you've gone too far. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You want to push so you know where that maximum is. Where Don't worry line. about the minimum. Give right. them the maximum. Right. Go over and they'll pull you back. Right. And so, like, for me, I found a happy medium in that, which is, like, give me, give me a jungle gym to play with. Just give me a loose structure. What do you want? Yeah. And so, like, like one play I did with a director in, in back in Phoenix that I loved working with. And I was, we were doing 12th night yeah. and I was like, and we were, we we're just at auditions, I think, or he basically cast me. I like, he put out the character list. I mean, I'm going to end up being that guy. And he mm. cast me in that role. Nice. So I was like, what do you want? Sloppy drunk or, you know, so I, I could honestly just ask for what, how bad do you want it? Yeah. And then, so then he could always dial, pull me back if I went right. too far. Right. And that's what I mean. Like you have some structure, but it's just enough to play in where you can use your imagination and really feel to that. And I've had directors that are a lot less than that and directors that are a lot more than that in terms Uh, of managing your style. And I have not enjoyed those. It's always kind of right down the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can find that, find that sweet spot and and stuff. But I think, uh, it sounds like that's probably a good sweet spot for us to wrap this up. Really? Yeah. That was quick. Yeah, you know, you wasted another hour with us. Hopefully, it was a good investment of ground, not a total waste. Uh, for 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 this show, which is the Brian Trust, we, um, yeah, we're we're probably going to be doing more uh, more in person things now that we are in the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so looking forward to that. So I think that. Um, one of the uh, things you can do is go to our website. Yeah, focus. Again, I it's I was trying to find something here. Uh, <laughs> Bring it, come on. Yeah, be here, uh, be here with us here. Come yeah, finding our yeah, find our website. Don't don't listen to me. Go find our website at briantrustpodcast.com and get all of our episodes there. You can subscribe to the feed uh, in your favorite podcatcher or Apple Podcast if that's what you use. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, wherever you do listen to us, feel free to rate and review the show because ratings and reviews are how shows like ours get discovered by other people if you're not spreading the word yourself, which yes. you're welcome to do. Yep. Um, if you have any feedback for us, I mean, you can leave it in the review, but it's much easier if you just tell us directly. You can email us at briantrustpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash thebriantrust. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on the Twitters. Uh, the show is at the Brian Trust. Individually, we're also on there. I am at Actor Geek. I am at B Selkie. And that is going to do it for this episode 125. We'll be back next week with a special. It's all going to be about Avengers Endgame. Ooh. I'm giving you advance notice now, so you have time to go see the movie. Go see it. Um, and you may, if you haven't yet, you may want to go see Infinity War 2. Otherwise, you're going to have no idea what's going no, on. You'll have no clue. Um, or go back and watch all you know, 40-some-odd hours of every Marvel movie they've made to date um, I don't know for this stuff. But, uh, yeah, so uh, tune in for that. Next week, we're going to have an extra large. We're, gonna, we're basically hunting around the world for any of the Bryans that survived the snap. For those of you who have seen Infinity War, you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll have a we'll have some guests with us next week but until next time we're going to see the end game we're going to see the end game calm down calm down get a hold of yourself <laughs> I got to get out of here I got to get out of here I got to go to see the movie ah, come on oh.